I think the biggest thing, really, though, is choosing what to say yes to and what to say no to. We said yes to everything before because we were trying to build up our business, trying to build up our income on the road. And this year, we really tried to pare down a little bit and say, hey, like, we want everything that we do to be focused on RVing and to be focused on entrepreneurship and these things that we really care about and really mesh with our personal brand. Hey, this is Heath Paget, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 112. Today's test drive is with Alyssa, and we're going to talk about some of our biggest wins and losses from 2017. <laughs> no, not losses. Yeah, we are. We're going to talk about what went well in 2017 for us and some of our biggest takeaways from the things that went well and the things that didn't go so well. Yeah, like we can we can have failures, but I think losses, that's just that sounds, a little traumatic. Okay, okay, yeah, setbacks. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is something that we do every year. We sit down and kind of have a year-end review uh, where we look at the things that went really well and the things that didn't go so well and kind of look at big trends and how we want to improve in the next year. And we actually just spent a full week in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, where we left the RV for the week and actually went down there and relaxed and did a bunch of this planning. Which, I don't know, to some of you, that might sound like a really boring <laughs> vacation. But I think it was last year, he came to me and he was like, babe, all I want to do this week is sit on a beach. And I'm like, yes, oh my gosh, Heath's going to surprise me with this trip for Christmas. We're going to go sit on a beach. Like, this is all he wants. And it's like, dot, dot, dot. And work on my goals for next year. It just sounded like a relaxing environment to do that. <laughs> all right, let's... So, well, this year we made it happen. We did, and it was great. We used points for, like, the whole thing. So the whole trip cost, like, $250, and it was great. So the number one thing that went well for us this year is we finally paid off my student debt. Yes, cue all the confetti, all the champagne. Yeah, so I would say um, I don't know really what my big takeaways from this win is other than I think I'll feel much better about our travel moving forward. We've been on the road now for three and a half years, and I feel like the debt has been kind of this looming presence over us. And now that we don't have it, I just feel a bit lighter. Yeah, because it kind of feels like you're being a little bit irresponsible knowing that we had this mountain of debt we're going out and traveling. Not that we spend a whole bunch of money on traveling. We probably have the exact same expenses living in the RV and traveling full-time as we would if we had stayed here in Texas and just been working normal jobs in a normal apartment. But just the luxury of it all, <laughs> or the perceived luxury of, of saying, yeah, I've traveled full-time, and then someone being like, oh, I thought you guys had like $30,000 of student debt. Yeah, well, that's gone now. I think also for me in the back of my mind, it, it's kind of cool because before we started traveling, we kind of went through this phase of should we travel or should we stick to our guns and pay off all our debt? And now after three and a half years, we're kind of looking at it at an average of paying over $10,000 of debt off each year. In addition to, you know, contributing to our Roth IRA and things like that, we're like, okay, well, we don't have to, you don't have to choose between necessarily travel and being a responsible adult. Like you can do both. Yeah. And I think... That's like the biggest thing that for a lot of full-time RVers is hard to get across to people because <laughs> they just assume that, oh, like you're off playing all the time. It's vacation all the time. No, we're, we're responsible too. And now we can say, hey, we paid off all of our debt. That is how responsible we are. <laughs> all right. Goal or win number two was that we spent our fall up in the Northeast. 
We visited the Northeast a few years ago during our first year on the road during Hourly America. We both fell in love with it. We had to go way too fast. And so this year, going back up to the Northeast was really just a goal. Like we sat down at this time last year and you mapped out our route. Actually, I was looking at this the other day in our notes and like you planned out our entire route this year. And we just set it as a goal. Like we're going to go up to the Northeast this year and it's going to be great. And it's just fun looking at where we were a year ago and thinking, we literally just plotted wherever we wanted to go on a map and we made it happen this year. And I think that's a cool feeling. Well, and I think too, like talking about our first goal was to pay off all of our student debt. Our second goal was to spend the like fall up in the Northeast. Your goals don't necessarily have to be like <laughs> specific metrics or anything like crazy or intense business focus. Like we set a travel goal every single year and that was our big goal for this year. Even though, I gotta say, I was really disappointed with the leaves this year. Yeah. They, they were not as good as I had them built up to be in my brain. They they came in late, and so that was a little bit disappointing, uh, for sure. But the weather was fantastic, we, which is another big like decision maker for us whenever we're trying to choose where do we want to travel to. Well, how's the weather going to be? In Maine, it turns out fantastic all the time, pretty Every much. Every day. <laughs> we cannot recommend summer and fall in Maine enough. Yeah, so uh, moving on past our, our love affair with Maine, which is quite strong. Very passionate. Uh, Income-wise, our goal was to hit around 85K this year in our business, and we hit, uh, we'll hit a little over 100K, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, our goal was we looked at our past year's growth for, I think we did every single year that we've been traveling, and we grew 44% each year. From 2015 to 2016, right? And even, I guess, the year before and, that, probably. Yeah, and the year before that okay. as well, um, which shows you just how little we were making whenever <laughs> we first started. You got to start from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we started from the bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> and so uh, that was our goal. 85K was going to be hitting that 44% number. And our stretch goal was 90, I think. And then we ended up. We should cross 100K before the end of the year. If everyone pays out their uh, invoices to us here in the next week. <laughs> yeah. So I think for me, there's a lot of key learnings because I think looking back a couple of years ago, I was thinking, oh, 100K, you know, like that's the number that it's going to be super magical. Mm-hmm. Now that we're here, I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, we need to, <laughs> you know, we need to grow more next year. Well, so- I think that shows like setting your goal, especially your primary goal to be monetary or any kind of like income number, it's never going to be fulfilling because you're always going to want more. And kind of, this is a little bit of a side tangent. I didn't write that this down as like one of my takeaways from hitting 100K. But I know, uh, I think it was two years ago in 2015, we went to all 48 states and we came back and we were essentially like, okay, we love this RV lifestyle and we want to keep doing it, but we want to pay off debt and we want to be able to continue traveling. So I remember our primary goal that year was financial. And I remember it stressed us out so much Mm -hmm. because we had to make so many decisions that really didn't mesh with our values. Well, yeah, because I mean, I think no good person's value or number one value is money. But all of our decisions that year were totally money focused. How do we spend less? How do we make more? How do we pay off all this student debt? Because we, d- I mean, we did set a crazy goal for ourselves back in 2015 to say pay we off all, pay of all, one year. all of it in one year. Yeah. Because that would be like a really cool bragging right. Pretty much the reason why we chose that goal because it would be really cool to just knock it out yeah. in one year. It was stupid. And yeah, it was an incredibly stressful year. Yeah. So I think this year, a couple of things uh, pulling away from the 100K, what I took away from that is really just how to create processes 
and effectively outsource because one thing that's kind of that's come our way this year is we and we've talked about this before we really have three different parts of the business that we're running right now. We have clients, we have our personal brands, we Heath and Alyssa, the blog, the podcast, and then we have Campground Bucking, which isn't yet producing revenue. Uh, and so with three different projects and always ongoing, we've had an influx of like good opportunities that have come this our way this year. Mm-hmm. And trying to mesh all of those different opportunities and put a filter on them and basically say like, I'm going to say yes to this one. I'm going to say no to these. Well, and also how do you ba- like batch recording the podcast? Like that was huge, you know, just figuring out like, how do you manage opportunity? Like opportunity is good, but you have to figure out like how we've had to figure out how to manage it. Yeah. We've had to learn how to, how to say no, which things to say no to. And then like you were kind of hinting at like outsourcing on things. I think the biggest thing really though is choosing what to say yes to and what to say no to. Because, I, I mean, we've said this a couple times kind of already in this episode, but we said yes to everything before because we were trying to build up our business, trying to build up our income on the road. And this year, we really tried to pare down a little bit and say, hey, like, we want everything that we do to be focused on RVing and to be focused on entrepreneurship and these things that we really care about and really mesh with our personal brand. So mm. we said no we probably said no to the same amount of things that we said yes to this year, which is a really good feeling. Yeah, and I would agree. And it also, I think a cool byproduct of that is that we've been able to loop in and support other people that are part of our friend group in our community who have the skills that we don't have. Mm-hmm. Like we had a video gig come in a few weeks ago and we're like, you know what? We can't take this on, you know, but my friend James is an amazing videographer and he's going to, you know, James is going to go out and shoot that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a cool byproduct of opportunity when it comes your way. Cause it can be stressful, like too much of a good thing. You right. Know? And feeling like you have to say yes, say yes to, to it everything. all because it is a good opportunity. Totally. So I think, being able to pass them off and having that community around us where so many people around us are doing similar things to us that we can say, hey, we can't handle this production gig, but our friends can. Yeah. And maybe they'll send you like a little commission or like a little present. (laughs) I feel like that was like a subtle hint. (laughs) Wink, wink, jinx. No, I'm kidding. kidding. All right. So another win was that a big goal that we documented on the podcast last year was that we wanted to hit 2500 a month from our blog or I loosely describe quote unquote passive income, but I would just say from our personal brand. So this is everything from affiliate revenue on our website to your book revenue to my book revenue. Well, technically my book hasn't made any money yet because Amazon doesn't pay off for 60 days. Oh, really? Okay. Gotcha. So $0 contributed there. Yeah. You're welcome. But but we hit that number. So if you look at all of our blog revenue from this year, we have effectively made $2,500 a month from the blog. Yeah. Not a good like follow-up win to us just talking about how your goals shouldn't be money. (laughs) But this was a big one for us because we wanted to scale back on client work. We wanted to be able to say no to bringing on more things that, you know, didn't jive with the things that we love, which are obviously RVing and business. And uh, we wanted to do more. That was just Heath and Alyssa, stuff that we had total ownership of, which launching my book was part of our plan to hit our 2,500. Hasn't paid out yet. It will like January 1st or something like that. So that'll count towards next year's goal. Um, but your book, affiliate sales, I think those are the main things actually yeah. that have built. So up. I mean, how we hit that number, because last year I remember talking about on the podcast saying like, I really want to get to this number. And I think the biggest thing, there was a few big things that helped us hit that this year. We merged our websites, which more mm-hmm. than tripled our web traffic. 
we continued to find opportunities to post relevant affiliate links. And also just because we had an influx of traffic, some of our affiliate posts that we had written for like our favorite RV products uh, that we use Passport America, like those just really increased a lot just because mm-hmm. we were getting more traffic. So just getting more traffic and more eyeballs in the door allowed us to boost our revenue there. And what were some other things? That helped us make more money? Yeah, on the, on the blog and the personal brand. Uh, sponsorships on the podcast. Yeah, sponsorships on the podcast. And, and not included there, um, actually, is any of our income from the summit or from those sponsorships. Okay. For that 2500 yeah. a month. Well, This is all just from the website itself. Yeah, so talking about the podcast, I think that was another cool win. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Yeah, so actually, here's the thing. Whenever we set our goals at the end of 2016, he said, like, I want to get 200,000 downloads on the podcast. And we thought that was a really big goal. And being Heath, he hit that goal in June and had to, we had to sit down and restructure all of our goals for the podcast moving forward. So I think now we're, we're at like 350, 400 for the year, something like that. For the year, something yeah. like that. I'm not, I haven't looked at and it. And so, I mean, for that, and I've talked about it here on the podcast before, it's like I struggle with setting number metrics, but they're good. And we're going to talk about that more on next week's test drive on like how we're going about setting goals and how we've went about doing that. And so a couple of ways that I think have we've been able to do well with the podcast this year is one, having Kelsey come on board a year ago to help with editing, batch recording of episodes, and just publishing, going from one episode to two episodes a week, two episodes a week. I know I haven't been amazingly consistent on the two episodes a week. I've tried and some months I've had, you know, like two Fridays where I post a test drive or a make me feel dumb podcast. And so I think just having more episodes go out uh, has allowed, you know, more downloads to happen too. So yeah, naturally. But I think really the biggest thing is at least, you know, for our marriage is you outsourcing the editing (laughs) to Kelsey because there are so many times last year, whenever I was like, Heath, you need to edit a podcast. You need to get out a podcast. You said you were going to get one out every Tuesday. And he would drag his feet because it takes, it took like four to eight hours for every single episode for Heath to edit it and write the show notes and all this stuff. Which is way longer than it should be, but I just didn't like the editing. And so I would get distracted. I would do Mm -hmm. other things. And so Kelsey can come in and do it a lot better. And that's where it comes in around creating more processes and bringing other people in because it's literally forced it to get done. All right, so the next big win, kind of in the same vein, was publishing a blog, a video, and a podcast every single week. That was one of our goals. Did we do that every week? Uh... (laughs) So so really, this goes in the lost column that we didn't get that. Well, you can see my note there. We did better on this than I thought, because when we wrote this goal down, I knew 100%, no doubt in my being that there was no way we were going to hit this goal, because that was a little bit crazy. And I think... I like setting goals that are a little bit crazy because I feel like they always push you to to want to be better and want to be growing. But we published 39 blogs. So 39 out of 50 weeks that we've done so far. That's pretty good. Yeah. And then I did 25 videos on YouTube, which I was pretty consistent there for a yeah, while. We'll talk great. about, you know, failures in a minute. And then you published how many uh, podcasts? podcasts? It's like 75 or 76. Yeah, that's a good... That's a freaking good chunk, especially since you wanted to do one a week. So 
Thank you. See, that's why it's in the win column, because you <laughs> slayed it. Me, not so much. All right. The last win uh, was the most recent win, which was to launch your book, Living in an RV, on Amazon and get 50 reviews. A beginner's guide to living on an A RV. A beginner's guide to living in an RV. Actually, and it's funny. We changed the title like literally the, the day before it went live, because we decided we didn't like just living in an RV. Because it wasn't, it wasn't supposed it wasn't to be generic, enough. and it really was geared towards people who were just getting started. And it's more of a guide. So I will be the first one to say publicly that your book sold over 5,000 copies in your first month, which is amazing. You did a good job, babe. Yeah. And it's up to like 80-something reviews. And I think this was 88 reviews. So uh, this has been really cool to just understand the importance of medium and platform because we mm-hmm. self-published my book on our blog. And there was parts of the book that I wasn't really super confident in my book skills. So I'm like, I don't, I'm scared to put it on Amazon for whatever reason. I was feeling self-conscious about it. You said, screw that. We're going to put mine on Amazon and we're going to put it out there and we're going to launch it right. And you did a lot of the things correctly that I didn't do when I launched my book. And it did really, really well. And first of all, there were so many people that it was valuable for, mm-hmm. you know, it did really well. And then it just because you did all the things right, it's picked up really well in Amazon search algorithms and, you know, it hit Amazon bestseller rank and all those things. And I think one thing that we were talking about before we started recording was um, how much went into writing the book. As in, I didn't just sit down and write a book, which is usually the process. I talked to a bunch of people and I emailed out a free version to a lot of people on our email list. And I had probably 50 or so people reply and give me feedback and say, hey, you need to add a section on propane because I'm really scared my propane tank is going to blow up. Or you need to add a section on downsizing because I don't really know what to bring in my RV. And so just not creating in a vacuum, whatever it is that you're creating in your business to always be talking to people, always getting feedback and seeing how you can make things better. Because I feel like that made the book a thousand times better than what I had written and outlined already. I was talking to people and, and, and in that way, I was also building hype because there's all these people out there now that have a little bit of ownership in the book because they contributed, they gave me this idea to, to write this chapter or add in these, these paragraphs and these notes. And so just having that feeling like no matter what, these 50 people will want to read this book <laughs> because that's something that like when you're publishing a book and we talked about this back in, I think, episode 100 when we were talking about launching my book is that you start getting all these thoughts like, I'm pretty sure no one will ever buy this book and it's going to be terrible and I'm going to get a thousand one-star reviews even though no one's going to buy it. And so to just kind of put those things into place where we could feel like it's it's going to be a success, success before we even launch it. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, it's not building and creating in the dark. And yeah. you know, like you said, you know that it's going to at least be valuable for those people. And I find that I feel like often enough that whenever you create something and you know it's going to be valuable for a small section of people, like it's going to be valuable for way more than that mm-hmm. and has been. All right. So now on to the things that didn't go so well this year. I'll go first. Uh, growing campground booking, uh, I think in an earlier podcast this year, I will stand by what I said. I think I said I want to grow campground booking to 50K monthly recurring revenue. What? That was your goal? I think I said that at some point. Let me check your head for a fever. Anyway, so campground booking did not get as much time and attention this year as I would have hoped. Uh, It did get a considerable amount, but we didn't grow it as fast (laughs) as I would have hoped. 
and uh, really no excuses there. We do have our first big contract. I don't know if I've actually talked about that on the podcast, but we have a big contract with the Canadian Campground Association. So we have a project that we're launching with them in January. So we're actually, our software will be powering reservations through a popular travel-centric site in British Columbia as our beta launch. So we have about 50 campgrounds that are signed up and we'll be facilitating reservations starting January 1st. If you're going to be traveling up to Alaska next summer, you should totally use our reservation system. Or anywhere in British Columbia. Anywhere in BC. Yeah. So you can check it out at travelbritishcolumbia.com. And, uh, that was a good little pitch for that. It was a good little plug. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, it is moving forward, but just not as quickly as I would have liked. And I think my key takeaway for that is to just not beat myself up. Like we had so many awesome wins this year mm-hmm. in our business and in our travel, in our life. And so I shouldn't necessarily be beating myself up because one part of our business didn't grow as much as I would have liked, even though that I feel like that's going to be our future and what we invest a lot of time in moving, you know, moving forward to just not really beat myself up over it. Because going back on a conversation that I had with Paul, uh, my co-founder on the podcast a few months ago, which was essentially that we decided that we were going to self-fund this business and not try to go out and raise investment and try to move really quickly. So part of that is, yeah, we move slowly, but we don't have debt for the business. We didn't have to go out and raise a bunch of money. And we have a product um, that is starting to look like we found a market fit for it. And we have you know, a clear vision moving forward. So I still feel really good about campground booking and where, and where it's going just didn't hit the traction that I wanted this year. You wanted to make 50K a month in your first year? It was an unrealistic goal. And I don't know if I honestly said that, but if I did say it, I want to hold myself accountable to having said that crazy goal. Yeah, no, that's definitely crazy. All right. I mean, that's a good goal for like the future, but for your first year. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's definitely crazy. Yeah. All right, your turn. My turn to talk about my failures. Yeah. (laughs) So glad I'm on this podcast episode. Um, YouTube. Definitely. I see. I wouldn't call it a failure. I learned a lot and, and I wouldn't call it a loss. That's what you called in the beginning. These are our losses. Things, so maybe things that didn't go as well as you would have hoped. Yeah. Things that didn't go as well. So YouTube, I think what I actually produced on YouTube went really well. I think I really liked filming the vlogs. I learned to like editing them. It's so much harder editing yourself versus editing anything I've ever edited for clients because you start realizing how stupid you are and all of the things that you say that just don't make sense or you stumble over your words. I'm sure you experienced this like editing the podcast. Apparently I say like a lot and you can't, you can edit that out of the podcast. In video, you can't edit that out because the frame (laughs) changes. And so, you know, going through and editing, that was a little bit of a struggle, just kind of the learning curve and developing our style and things like that. I produced 25 videos, which is pretty good. My goal was 50. So halfway there. (laughs) But here's what happened. I got too in my head about it. And I was too worried that like, you look at people like Less Drunk More Journey or we're the Russos who've like both been on the podcast and they have like these tens of thousands of subscribers. And those are the people that you're comparing yourself to because like they're in our same niche. And what Heath always told me is like, you look at these YouTubers, that's all they do. Like that's 100% of their time is like working on YouTube. And I was giving YouTube maybe 10% of my time, probably less. Less, yeah. And so there was no way that it was ever going to be successful when I wasn't giving it the time that it deserved. Yeah. I'm really guilty of being in my head too much. Whereas and I know that from times that people have emailed me from this podcast, it's the episodes where maybe I craft a story and do some voiceover from, 
you know, some of the really hard conversations that we've had, mm-hmm. you know, like, because it's, it's real and it's difficult. So I think part of what we can do moving forward is just to try to do more documenting versus like feeling like we need to create something that's amazing and so special. It's like, we're just documenting right. what we're learning along the way. And, and doing I, more of our real life stuff. Cause we did try to, we tried to copy a lot of our other vlogger friends that travel full time. But people will follow us. This sounds weird to say this on the podcast. People follow us because they want to hear about running your business on in an RV. Which to me, I'm like, that kind of sounds like boring. Like, I don't feel like anyone's going to search that on YouTube. Like, I'm going to watch Heath sit down and record a podcast today. That's what I'm picturing in my head. I don't know. Maybe you would watch that. Let, let me know if you would because then I'll film it for Heath. But making these videos that are more on brand for us because all of our videos are like, hey, we're hanging out at this oceanfront campground. And yeah, that's really fun. And sometimes we get to do that. But what would be more authentic would be like, here's our launch strategy for my book launch and showing like me sitting at the dinette and working on my iMac or something like that. Well, I think a lot of, I mean, that's definitely the topic of a lot of this podcast and also the summit and everything else in our Facebook group. Yeah. In our blog, which talks about. So basically our entire personal brand. (laughs) Yeah. Is, is documenting what we learn and, you know, from others as well. So I think that's going to be something that we work on moving forward on next year. And I think. And we'll talk about that more in the next episode, our plans for that. Yeah, that is. It's a cliffhanger. That's a cliffhanger, yeah, for next week. So come back on the podcast next Friday, and we'll be talking about how we are going about setting goals and just kind of our, I think I would say our mental framework for how we go about setting goals for each year. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Okay, bye. Bye.